welcome to season two of the Leading with Joy podcast. I stand here full of gratitude, all thanks to you, our dedicated listeners and esteemed guests, your extraordinary energy and eagerness to embrace and spread joy are the pillars that have quickly elevated our show to a must-listen globally for anyone seeking to blend entrepreneurship with mindfulness and in doing so cultivate a life rich in joy. Leading with joy is more than just a podcast. It's a beacon, singular in its mission to champion joy as a fundamental human right. It's a forum where we harness our collective experiences, learning from one another, you know, accelerating our growth and using joy not just an not just as an emotion, but as a transformative force for creating a brighter future for humanity and our planet. A heartfelt thank you for tuning in each week. Uh, all of you are not only extraordinary individuals, but also heroes in the truest sense and pioneers of immense value creation. And to ensure that our shared journey of discovery continues to expand, I'm thrilled to announce the upcoming YouTube edition of the podcast. As the year draws to a close, a time often associated with hope, reflection, and aspirations for a new dawn, we're launching season two. And this season, we explore the symbiotic relationship between joy and hope, seeking to understand how each fuels and fortifies the other. Um, it is with immense excitement that I welcome today's esteemed guests, a man whose unwavering hope has propelled his quest for a more sustainable world, a leader for whom joy is not just an emotion, but the very catalyst for enacting change. Joining us is the incredible Chris Caldwell, CEO of United Renewables, and the resonant voice of the acclaimed uh, Conversations on Climate podcast, an advocate for renewable energy and clean technology. Chris stands at the vanguard of our collective battle against climate change. Uh, Chris, it's an honor to have you on Eating with Joy. Thank you, Marty. It's an absolute honor and pleasure to be here. Let's start at the heart of the matter. Uh, could you share with us uh, what does joy mean to you in the, grand, in the grand tapestry of your work and life's mission? That's interesting, uh, Marty. Thank you. Yeah, so joy is... Um, yeah, joy means different things to different people. I think to me, uh, joy is an alignment of um, happiness and uh, that moment of happiness, the feeling of happiness with your beliefs and your values. So happiness without um, alignment, it's you know, it can be, be transient. So it can be uh, kind of ultimately meaningless. And going out and buying a new gadget like that, that can be great. It can give you momentary happiness and fulfillment, but it doesn't last. Um, for true joy, you need to have that emotion of happiness together with an alignment of something bigger. So like, for example, just like a simple walk in a place you love with your children, with people, with pe people that you love, having a conversation about something special. Now that's joy. That's, that, that is true kind of fulfillment, happiness, many, th many things aligned. When you talk to your daughter about joy, is it any different from how you think about joy yourself? It's a very good question. I think my definitions of joy have been learned through years of experience and years of trial and error of trying to figure out what 
quite a lot of the times what you think will make you happy actually doesn't. You know, you spend a lot of time in your life chasing things, chasing goals, chasing dreams, sometimes chasing other people's dreams, uh, sometimes chasing expectations um, that are that are placed that you place upon you for various for yourself for various reasons. Um, it takes time, experience, wisdom, trial and error, you know, failures, successes uh, to 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 understand what really makes you happy. So. All you can do when talk to a young person, to a child, uh, to somebody who hasn't had the experience is to try and give them the benefits of of what you, of your own journey, your own path. But they need to have their own, you know. And you know, I can give advice and I can say, well, this is what worked for me, but it may not work for them. And you need to give them the freedom, give them to the the ability to go in out there, make their mistakes, learn their own lessons and find their, find their own path towards joy. Cause it won't be the same as yours. It, it's, you know, you'll have a lot in common because you'll share a lot of similar values uh, because you are in this in your know, family, family members and you, you bring people up in a certain way, but ultimately uh, they need to find their own paths. So you can try and nudge them in what you think is the right direction, but all you can do is give advice. And a lot of it will be listened will, will listen to. A lot of it won't, won't be because, well, how much advice did we all listen to from our parents that we wish we had at some point? <laughs> so it would be great to talk about joy in the context of the environmental crisis we are experiencing now, which is your, your, your life's passion. Um, the COP is going on at this moment, but you decided not to participate this year can you uh, can you share with us why yes 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 it is oof, trying to enmesh joy with uh, the environment with with anything in that, that involves the word crisis itself is going to be quite difficult but particularly such an existential uh, issue as climate um so cop this year particularly so g- going back to um to the early days to kind of you know the brazil summit that set up cop they were small, focused um, groupings of people who were trying to get, uh, trying to make a difference in the world. It's like a bunch of idealistic folks um, without a lot of voice, but they were well-meaning and they were they were they were really genuinely doing their best. Um, COP since then um, has grown, and we're now twenty-eight of them in, and has grown to a somewhere between you know eighty to a hundred thousand so jamboree. It's a circus, and this particular year we have the head of a of an oil major um, who's running it, and um, CEO of an oil major is also the, the chair the chairman of COP. When we spoke last week, I was a little bit more positive about you know the you know the possibilities of of uh, meaningful outcomes, but since then we've had. Um, you know, confirmations that um, or kind of, you know, leaked notes um, from whistleblowers showing briefing notes that said that uh, in conversations that are around COP, uh, you should be, your conversations point should be X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z are trying to promote the interests of the fossil fuel industry and trying to sell new licenses and trying to get involved in other country countries, more proliferation of fossil fuels. Uh, then we've had a... Um, an interview between between uh, Sultan Al Jaber Al Jaber and um, Mary Robinson, the former president of Ireland, uh, where he was um, denying climate change. Uh, he was denying denying climate science, and he was saying we'd all be back in caves if we we step back from fossil fuels. So this is um, both the things have very much kind of taken away 
that element of hope, hope that I had that we would be able to make the meaningful difference that, that, that we, that we needed to make in this cup. Um, we need to make a, a difference in this cup because we are massively running out of time to be, uh, making the changes that are required to be having a sustainable planet going forward. Uh, we've seen, uh, over the last summer, uh, a lot of, a lot of, um, environmental disasters around the world and we're at kind of 1.2 1.3 degrees over um, post-industrialized warming we're on the path to three degrees and unless we really put the brakes on um, and make very significant um, reductions in our fossil fuel outputs uh, we are we are, we're going to have have all sorts of you know existential problems so that's all the negatives <laughs> on the positive side and on the hopeful side and on the joyful side there are so many more well-intentioned, positive people getting together, having conversations, making differences, uh, making agreements. Um, and so outside of the, 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 the central jamboree that is, that is, is controlled now largely by people who just want to slow things down, there is a massive ecosystem around us. And the massive ecosystem around it are of positive, well-meaning, bright, intelligent people who are, who are from like campaigners, politicians, entrepreneurs, you know, economists, business people all coming together and all trying to make a positive difference in the world. Outside of that central core, there's a lot of a lot of good good action, good acti- activity happening. It's a bit like during the times of the the, of the Trump presidency, where you had um, individual states saying, "Right, we're going to make we're going to make a difference," and they did, and they 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 held on to their on to their their beliefs and their their environmental ideals, and they made meaningful change in spite of the system. It's a lot of really good things are happening in spite of the system right now, which gives hope, to, which gives an idea. And also one more element of hope is things have been quite so ridiculous with this presidency, like beyond every, all expectations of, wow, did he just say that or did they just, just say that, that there may well be a massive, a massive swing next time around. You know, for 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 the next cops to say, well, well, we can't be doing this again, and you've got a, you've got a more a more centering and a more and a focus that is outside of the, these interests as a direct reaction to the really extreme position that's here. So there is hope. We have more than eighty percent of the technologies that we need right now to solve all this problem. All we need is the will, and if we have the will, if we can we can harness that, and we do need a cop. We really do need a cop. But whether it's it's this this enormous jamboree, whether it's something much much smaller, more focused, we need something like that to do it. But if the next one can be genuinely kind of turn us back on the interest of slowing things down and be focused and then harness all the power that we've seen from all of the, the wonderful people who are together trying to make make all this happen then we can see a change so maybe next year if it's brazil is what is what is rumored to be maybe next year in brazil that can be a cop that can really change the game this one we're kind of writing off but maybe there's a positive to it because they've been quite so unexpectedly bad <laughs> that we might end up getting an unexpectedly good result next time around you never know <laughs> and, and just just building on the thought of hope um, for uh, next time around, or hope in general for 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 the for the environment during the summer, I got a chance to hear a thought provoking discussion with Olivia Lazard. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. She's a prominent voice in environmentalism. She addressed the delicate balance between uh, tech progress and ecological sustainability. And she presented a compelling argument for the integration of broader environmental strategies into mineral extraction, not the other way around. Emphasizing the inevitability of uh, tech advancement while also underscoring uh, the necessity of uh, mitigating the environmental costs associated with the tech industry's reliance on mining. So 
her viewpoint um, brings to the forefront the tension between the growing demand for tech and ecological footprint of sourcing necessary materials, right? She also stressed um, the importance of global cooperation, particularly with the nations that may initially um, be less inclined. Um, and you mentioned some of this already. How do you approach the challenge of balancing tech advancement with ecological integrity? Mm, I don't think that there's a conflict in that as well. We absolutely need to have uh, technological advancements to be changing the systems. The, the, way, the ways we're doing things right now uh, are broken. They don't work for the planners. <clears throat> we have been trying them for, they, they've made us enormously wealthy you know, for, for, for the last kind of couple hundred years, but at the cost of, of the, the delicate ecosystem that's around us. We need to be um, paying, the, paying the cost back, paying the planet back for the wealth that, that has given us and repairing it and trying to, trying to, trying to, there's, there, unless we get this particular issue right, really very little else matters. Like unless we protect this, 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 this precious little, little, um, little marble that we're living on, you know, there's all of the other things we care about really pale into, into insignificance. Uh, the whole, the basis for, 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 for human happiness, fulfillment, life itself is the ecosystem that we're on. It has to, it has to be fixed. So if that, if if we accept that, we need to be looking at what we're really good at. And humans are very good at good at good at technologies. They're very really good good at figuring out how to do things better. We really do need to be much better at recycling. And we need to be much much better at using things or things again and again to be to be to be being circular. So if we take a kind of lithium ion out and put them in a battery, you can still be using like 90 percent of the resources of the battery for the next battery and the battery after that. So it's it isn't like um, extracting a fossil fuel where you take it, you take your lump of coal, you burn it, you take you take take take, take your fuel, put it in your car in your car and you burn it. You this is something that you can be using again and again and again. Um, and also if you if you're charging that battery using using renewable energy, then there is no more like the Extraction for the building of the particular asset is there. It's going to be there for 20, 20 30 years. It isn't, it isn't a permanent uh, thing that you need to be doing, but technology needs to focus in and say, okay, well, what is the most, uh, the optimal way of building this battery to make it easier to break down, to be able to make it easier to be, to be taking out, reusing, recycling, and recom recomposing these, these parts. Technology is essential for, for this tra transition. You're absolutely right, right in that. And I think that if we do focus and we do, um, put our energies in the right ways, we can make the changes that are needed. And as I said before, we've got 80% of all the technology that we need right now. If we just, just deploy them, we'll have 80% of the problem solved. And the final 20%, that is, that is ingenuity, that is innovation, that is, that is absolutely necessary. But we're 80% of the way there. That's a really good start. <laughs> that's, that's really optimistic. I mean, you're an ex-banker. So thinking about the value chain, what what does banking play a role? What does banking Ooh, what's the role of finance? That is a really good question. Uh, the role of finance right now is um, it needs a systematic overhaul because right now um, the we have a financial system that those those put together for a different world. We have a financial system that those put together after World War II to try and rebuild um, nation states, kind of, what, what, you know, the victors, nation states, uh, with not, without a lot of regard towards other parts of the parts of the world. Now, if you have uh, if you if you have a look at the balances that that is then then brought is you have. Um, Capital that naturally sits where it is um, with, you know, within a small group group of states, um, it doesn't doesn't flow flow out uh, nicely. It has 
um, barriers towards deploying over different over over borders. So you have um, a system where you know the dollar is king. You have a system a system where um, you've got you've vastly different costs and costs of capital across the, across the different countries. What what we need is to be trying to rebuild that that financial system. And one of the really great ways of of, uh, of doing it that has has been brought about is um, Prime Minister Maya Motley's Bridgetown Initiative, uh, which she she brought out at the at the last COP. Uh, she she made one of the keynote speeches, uh, opening speeches, where she had this proposal of how to reinvent and how to how to transform the um, the, the international financial system. Or to anyone to go go back and have a listen to that speech, it's it's, it's quite long, so it's, you know it's quite difficult to get into into the details of, of it in a conversation like this. But it was a very very um, well thought through, um, even handed way of. Re, of of trying to get capital to flow from where it is to where it's needed, and 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 thank you for illustrating this. Um, it's been quite fascinating to understand, you know, the role of um, financing in in the ecosystem. But taking it from the macro to the micro view, you know, so taking it from um, the view of the nations and uh, large enterprise organizations to um, the our everyday listeners. Um, what can we all do in your mind uh, to help mitigate our individual impact on the climate and potentially even reverse it? Okay. Yeah, there's, yeah. Part of me is actually conflicted in that. Like the idea that um, us as individuals... And by the way, you just mentioned your, the, the gardener is using the, the diesel-fueled... Um, um, is it the lawn mower? I am not yeah, sure what's yeah, happening yeah, in your yeah, garden. Yeah, Maybe head, you can yeah, just head, head, head streamers outside. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's there not you go. Garden. Yeah, park yeah, across the road. But yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And, we, and by the way, for those for those for those listening in, prior to starting, I I noticed there's some background noise, and you know, I I asked Chris about you know what's happening in the garden, and you mentioned your uh, you know the you know the 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 moral dilemma. <laughs> you actually <laughs> you know how, how you how you shared with the you know how how you how you let them know that they should be switching to a more sustainable um, uh, source of uh, of power for the tools. Yeah, it's actually it's a very good example um, because there's an old tool that's being used that is polluting, that is noisy, uh, that is inefficient, and there's a better tool out there which doesn't have the same noise pollution. It doesn't have the same environmental pollution. Um, it is, it's a better technology. It does, does the same job, but it does it, it in every way better. If he could transition away from the, the tool he's using right now, the world would be a better place. <laughs> you know? And that is, a, that, is, that is really the case that, uh, in a very micro scale for renewable energy in general. Like, you can still have the power. You can still have your lights on. You can still have still have have, have a world. You can still still drive cars. But if we need to transition away from fossil fuels into into uh, more more renewable fuels, you can still like aviation as well. You can still we can if we move to a world sustainable aviation fuel, we can be flying. We need to be doing things um, in a more efficient manner for sure. We need to be to be cutting down on wastage. And fossil fuels themselves are, are inherently extremely extremely wasteful. Um, the, the best case to be made for recycling and for for doing for the kind of the individual actions are um, that it's 
consistency in your voice, consistency in your actions, consistency in your beliefs. The real impact of things like recycling are, are, are very, very small. But if you can be having it a part of your belief system, and a part of part of a way of you you interacting with the world, then it is a positive. The message needs to go out to politicians, needs to go out to go out to our leaders, needs to go out, needs to go out to to society in general that we care about this stuff. That we're not going to be you know, tolerating, you know, having the these these inefficient polluting noise polluted polluting machines out there when there's a better option. The same job can be done in a better way. The world needs to needs to heal. Uh, we can all live in a better place, in a happier planet, and more joyful planet, if we do make the changes. We 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 decide that we're going to transform from an old system that's broken, that promotes inequality, that promotes uh, that that is detrimental to health, that's de- detrimental to psychological uh, well being, phys- physical uh, well being, into into a new, more equal, more cleaner planet. Um, we can thrive on. So a lot has to do with um, the mindset change. If you were to meet your 19 or 21 year olds right now, this mm-hmm. moment, right? So you, you know, Chris, meet, meet Chris, right? Um, <laughs> your 19, 21 year old. Um, what would you tell him? Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good question, and it's it's something that uh, when you when you mentioned you were going to ask it, I gave some thought. So um, I did I did give you a heads up. I did you did you, you did you did and, and, I, and I appreciate it. But um, you never know actually where the conversation is going to go. So yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So in my yeah my my exploration of it, um, I came back to well, a lot of my life has been um, you know slightly chaotic, slightly kind of a few butterfly effects in there, you know, some dominoes that fall one, one, one place to another leads to, leads to, you know, other events, events further down the line. And I wonder if going back to my 21 year old self and saying anything to him would, it might dislodge things, you know, it might, it might push me in a direction that, uh, or it might leave me in a place that I am now happy I'm not in anymore. So there was like such fine margins. Um, I don't know whether I'd, I'd actually, I'd, I'd make any changes. Like I'm the product of my trials, my errors, um, and making any little kind of butterfly effect changes, um, you know, 20-something years ago. Uh, so what I can say to you now is uh, I'm in a place where I found uh, a balance between uh, my values, my purpose, my mission, um, my work, my like, I, I found a place that I am that I, I, I get joy in. I find I've, I have a work a work balance um, that I get up in the morning and I feel satisfied and I feel I'm doing something that is meaningful. If I went back and I and I nudged any any part of it, I may well still be in invest banking. I may still this day will be uh, a lawyer. Um, I'm, or I may be doing something that I do that I feel less passionate about, less, 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 less purposeful about, less joyous about. So I don't think, despite there's lots of things that you look back on and go, oh, I could have done that better, or I could have, you know, wish I made a different, uh, diff- different decision at the time. But ultimately, it's led me to where I am. So would I, would I go back and say anything to my 21 year old self? Probably not. <laughs> I love the answer. I love this answer as well. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, 
and I love your outlook on the upcoming year as we're about to turn the uh, the page um, and the fact that you really see hope for our planet that comes in the change of actions and that 20% that's required um, for us to um, for us to live much more um, much more mindfully for a joyous future and the 80% is there we just need the will to be putting it together and there's a lot of people there's a lot of these type of conversations but more and more people are coming to the understanding realization that things need to change and truly inspiring it's a very good thing truly truly inspiring race thank you Chris yeah. appreciate it okay thanks Riley appreciate it thanks, for, thanks very much wonderful opportunity thank you